Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, DG McCullough, Debbie Gardner McCullough. I'm a communications coach, a narrative coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode of the Sage Sayers, we unpack communications tips and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who found the gift the opportunity, and even some knowledge from life's inevitable challenges. In this week's podcast, I'm revisiting the popular topic of glossophobia, fear of public speaking. The goal? To help provide some additional tips and techniques, which I've always already addressed in an earlier podcast episode, and I'll add that link to the show notes. But this one is coming up again once more really as managers come into new roles where they have to speak in front of a crowd, high stakes, low stakes, or even just their new team, and they're wondering how on earth do I get out of my head and into my body so I can be grounded, sound confident, but most of all, sound like me. I'm developing here some, well, sharing here some tips and techniques that I've co-created with different coaches and tips and techniques that I've developed over my career, having come into my careers, including being a professor, being a reporter, and now being a communications coach and struggling quite deeply with my own anxiety. Anxiety can immobilize us and I have felt in many an occasion complete and utter fear of judgment. And that's actually what the experts find when we look at that data point, 73% of the US population and looking at other countries around the world in which I have coaches serving as different executives or early managers, I'm hearing about the same percentage. So 73% of us roughly feel this underlying fear and the experts find it's fear of judgment or that others will evaluate us negatively. So the experts are considering considering this public speaking anxiety a social anxiety disorder, and I believe that's pretty spot on. I don't know about you, but when I'm in front of an audience, especially a high stakes one, perhaps I'm hosting a workshop on active listening or on site for a large corporation where I've been brought in to help a team improve how they communicate. It's that fear that others will evaluate me negatively. But I think what really gets to the root of my fear is fear that I'll fall back or fear that I'll disappoint the person who brought me in to speak in the first place. I'm not sure about how your fear manifests itself, but with me, it's shaking hands I find often my voice catches and my heart's pounding so furiously that I fear I'm going to fall over and make a fool of myself simply because of this huge body response to this fear of letting down my dear host, who's often a former student or a peer, or just fear of not delivering what the team brought me in to do in the first place. So if you're listening to my podcast this week and thinking, yes, I can relate, Please note, I have full empathy and compassion for those who feel this fear. But I believe we can turn this ship around. And I have turned the ship around. Do I still feel fear when I speak in front of others? Of course. But I'm really curious about when that fear resurfaces and what's behind it. And that leads to my first tip. Understand your root fear. I shared just right now that my fear is falling back, disappointing, 
My fear is that others will not view me as the expert that they think I am. Once I get going with the presentation, perhaps they read up on me on LinkedIn or they've received my CV and that's what won me the work. But my fear becomes quite compelling that once I get going, they'll really regret this decision and the secret will be out. I'm really of no use after all. Whatever it is, understand your root fear and use some mental fitness techniques to counter that fear. I recommend spending considerable time thinking about what is my root fear, journal upon it, get out the day one app or write it down in a leather bound journal, whatever you have to collect your thoughts, but think quite deeply and honestly about what is my root fear, because once we unpack that, we can build some lasting strategy. Different ways to counter that fear may include unpacking all of the lies that your inner critics are telling you in this moment. You're not worthy, you're not ready, you're not enough, you're a fraud, whatever it is, unpack all of them and take them to their extreme. And this is a technique that I've learned from Shazad Shamin, founder and author of Positive Intelligence. He suggests that we unpack the fears to their extreme, like take it right to the end. Like I will, my team or my audience will find me a fraud and then my career will unravel and then I will lose my wage and then I will become homeless. It sounds extreme, but creating a parody and almost a comical fear of the fear does start to eliminate it or at least diffuse it. You can also tap into your inner wise sage, which is the right part of our brain, whereas the survivalist tendencies that stimulate all of those fearful feelings are in the left side of our brain. So stimulate your sage and counter those lies with that's not true because and complete the statement. Unpack all of the reasons why these lies are untrue. This technique has helped me, and I wonder if it will help you. Tip two, question the true emotion. Now, this technique comes from Jay Shetty, whose delightful meditations and podcasts I listen to through the Calm app. Really great meditator and former monk and amazing public speaker. He had this idea in an earlier podcast this week to question your true emotion. For instance, perhaps we think we're fear, fearful, perhaps we feel think we're terrified, but if we pause for a moment and ground and do three intentional breaths, for instance, or whatever it is that grounds you, maybe get outside under a tree, that always seems to work for me, and listen to the wind through the leaves or the bramble, whatever it is, ground yourself and then ask yourself, what am I really feeling right now? For instance, perhaps it's not fear. Perhaps you're feeling excitement. Perhaps you're feeling anticipation. Perhaps you're feeling pride for being there. So question the true emotion. Am I fearful or am I just pumped? This can also create a quite a strong pivot for you. Tip three, be prepared. Here's a short story on the power of preparing for your presentation or your address or your offering at the next team meeting in front of the CEO or the CFO. And it's a personal story. I hosted a workshop on active listening mid-year last year in 2021. 
I don't know why I got all wound up about it, but I really did. I've worked as a professor for 19 years. I'm used to being in front of teams. I've even been brought into large Fortune 500 companies to host workshops. But I always get nervous just before or a few days before the workshop, even if it's a tiny audience. In this particular instance, it was about eight professionals. I felt so anxious. I had insomnia. I couldn't stop replaying this terrible moment in my head where I got in front of the team who'd paid to come to my first paid workshop outside of academia. And I had those normal fears. Oh, they'll find you useless, Debbie. You're just a farm girl from South Canterbury, New Zealand. Who are you to get in front of these people? And what do you know about active listening? You're new to coaching. How to... How can you think that you have any value whatsoever? The fears became so consuming. Again, insomnia took over and I just couldn't stop replaying these anxious thoughts. Then I suddenly noticed I'd been so busy with other things, coaching, building up my coaching practice, running my household, helping my children, all these other things, that I hadn't actually prepared the slides. That afternoon, I prepared my slides. I knew not to make many. I'm experienced in that way, having worked in academia for a long time. So I only prepared five or 10 slides, I think it was, for an hour-long workshop, knowing that most of the work was really going to be active listening and facilitating and putting the team into groups to discuss things among themselves and share as a, as a larger team, et cetera, et cetera. As soon as I created those slides, still with two days to go before the workshop, my fears subsided. So yes, be prepared. The more prepared you are, the more comfortable and confident you'll feel going forward. Here's another little sub tip to that tip of being prepared. Try not over preparing. So oftentimes when I'm working as a communications coach, coaches come in telling me they've spent days, weeks, and more hours on top of that preparing slides, copious amounts of slides, even if they're speaking for 30 minutes, they'll prepare like 50 slides. This is too much. I do believe that. And I sound judgmental there, but don't over-prepare. Prepare just what you need. Try not to read the slides. You want to speak to them. And don't forget, there is this additional tip of facilitating. So as we facilitate, as we lop questions to our audience, even in the opening, you could start with a poll, for instance, or perhaps you could start your presentation with a large discovery question, just a very short, open-ended, powerful question that stimulates the audience right off the bat. When we facilitate and engage with our audience, even in those opening moments, our fear will dissipate. Try it. I have worked with coaches and encouraged and sort of gently move them towards this way of presenting, and they've seen huge and powerful shifts. When we facilitate, the attention is no longer on us. The other thing that happens in these moments where we engage with our audience early on is we see from the audience this warmth, this engagement, this interest in the subject matter, and our judges' lies have no chance. They become far less compelling because all of the lies telling us we're no good, we're useless, we have nothing to offer, etc., don't really have the punch that they once did when we see the smiling, engaged faces of our audience. So facilitate. A few more tips, and they're really kind of the same thing said in a different way. 
be real, be vulnerable, be present. So be real slash be vulnerable. When we are open about our own struggles, we are connecting with our audience. We also show to our audience versus tell them that we're real, we're solid, we're not a fraud. We have our own struggles that we're grappling with. And we also kind of gently signal to our audience that this is a team effort. Whether we say the exact words or not, by being real and being vulnerable, we're signaling to our audience, I don't have all the answers. I am not a true expert on this subject matter, but I have a couple of ideas that may help you. And together, let's co-create even more. So be real, be vulnerable, and be present. And the present part is really interesting. I'm not sure how you ground yourself, but if we can get out of our heads, our own heads, and get into our body, we feel more calm. That fear dissipates. And one thing that really helped me really embody this idea of getting out of my head and into my body is something I learned from Bill Carmody at Positive Intelligence, Head of Coaching Development and Training. Bill's also a mentor slash friend to me, and I just adore him and his wisdom. In our business development training at Positive Intelligence, Intelligence, Bill told us to, as we get ready to do our pitches to our prospective clients, for instance, stop thinking about us. Start thinking about what we have to offer our audience. It's a simple idea, but a very powerful one. And let's transfer this wisdom to public speaking. We may feel very fearful. We may feel terrified to get in front of our audience but we have something valuable to offer. That's why the audience asked us to come forward. If we center only on how we feel, then we are removing our ability to give a gift to our audience, our wisdom, our expertise, our experience, or our spirit, our energy for the topic. So the idea is transfer this fear into a love of giving a love for generosity, a love for shared wisdom, a love for not accepting that 73% data, just not accepting it, a love for seeing others beyond yourself move from a place of fear to a place of joy and comfort. It's an incredibly rewarding experience to see this. So feel not obligated, but feel this pull towards action, the sage pulling towards action to help dispel that fear. So get out of your own head and be present and think of the gift that you're giving and that this is a very worthwhile cause to feel uncomfortable. And that leads to my next tip. This is something I learned of from the TED Talk book. I'll add it to the show notes. Fantastic book on how to overcome your public speaking fear. The author, whose name evades me right now, had this great pointer to speak to your fear. So for instance, say you get in front of your audience and you've done your best. You've done all these things we've discussed today and tried them all out, but you cannot calm your fear. Of course, it will manifest in your body or your voice, something your voice may croak or crack or you may not be able to handle or control the trembling hands or something else 
verbal filler is a typical response to public speaking fear. So whatever it is, you can't ignore nor disguise this fear. Then speak to it. Just address it very gently. It might sound like, if I seem and sound fearful today, I am. I'm terrified. But I really care about this topic. And so I've come forward anyway. There you go. Whatever it is, speak to the fear if you cannot disguise it. It's okay. And part of this technique is not letting your judge assume that your audience is out to get you. When our judge, our head and a critic, takes over our mind, it's very compelling. Our judge will trick us that someone who is sitting in the audience with a stoic face, hates every word we're saying, they're bored out of their brain and they're just thinking, when will she finish? When actually, perhaps that person is going through a divorce. Maybe they ate something that disagreed with them. Maybe they have sickness or hardship in their family. Maybe they worry about their livelihood and whether they may keep their job. When we show up and stay present, we can absolutely look beyond those signals and not read too much into them. A couple more tips and then I'll close today's podcast. They're really aesthetic tips. Think of this as kind of a theme of aesthetics. One thing I notice in my seat as a communications coach and then from teaching classes for 19 years in the last five years were online live classes teaching corporate communications to MBA students. So one thing I noticed, in, especially in that professorial role, is few presenters think about their background. Think about your background if you're doing your presentation remotely and it's a digital presentation. Think about what's behind you is what I'm saying. So for instance, if you have a lot of clutter behind you, remove it. If you have a plain wall behind you, find a screen or even hang up a mural or a beautiful blanket or something that provides a pop of color or says something about you. Think about your lighting as well. You want to avoid overhead glarish lights. Try to have soft forward lights. Try to remove the glare of a window. Whatever it is, think about your background and dress up a little. When I taught that course, the department head at the time was a former executive for a large Fortune 500 bank, and it actually stated in her syllabus for the undergraduate version of the course I taught to MBAs that the presenters for their final capstone presentation needed to dress up. Men needed to wear a shirt and dress pants and a tie. Women needed to wear a suit. I'm born in the 1970s, so I'm actually a bit old school when it comes to dress up, and I do agree. Dress up a little, even if you're just doing your hair that day. Put on something nice. You'll feel better. You'll present better. You'll feel less fearful. And you'll have a little bit more presence, executive presence. Then the last tip, offer real value. One thing that's helped me over the years, and it ties to the earlier point of being prepared, think about what my audience really wants and needs and hopes from me. You can take some preemptive, proactive steps to learn what your audience may want and need from you just by asking. If your fear of public speaking manifests itself in meetings where everyone's expected to weigh in and your struggle is, 
I don't know what to say or I feel I miss the boat and there's an opportunity there, but I always miss it. Ask the person who invites you to the meeting, why? Why me? What's my value? How do you see me contributing? Ask differently, who do I become the advocate for in these meetings? Who would you like me to be the voice for? And this idea of value, what do I really truly bring to these meetings? How do I offer something unique? Having clarity on that can provide a boost of presence, a boost of confidence. It can help you feel more prepared. For instance, perhaps you can research some really interesting data on the subject matter that you bring into the forum, whatever it is. Think of your true value. And if you're not sure, ask around and then use that feeling and knowledge to empower you to speak up. Try a little bit each time. Something small can build to something big. So there you have it on a crisp March morning here from Muskego, Wisconsin, some additional tips and techniques on how to quell your public speaking fears. I hope something in the sharing today sparked something powerful and courageous within you. Keep on your path. You are doing great work, even if you don't think so. And continue this journey. It's a great one. And overcoming your public speaking fear can become and will become one of the more empowering shifts in your life. Take care. Thanks for listening. And I will speak with you again next week. In my show notes, you'll find a link to my Calendly link if you'd like to hire me for group coaching or training and some other links so you can track me down if you want to say hi. Please do write to me also if you'd like to join my podcast as a guest. Always open to interesting stories. Always delighted to meet new individuals. Bye-bye for now.